forward to midnight swims, don't. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Hello, James. Hello, Lee. We are recording live from James's house. From the kitchen. From the kitchen in James's house. Hence the tinny echo. Mere metres away, ladies and gentlemen, from James's very own Gloriel. Wee wee. From uh, Ghostwatch. Yeah, and also a block of knives, um, uh, which, if you want to play like a dodging game, I can start throwing them at you. And I've just realised, dear listener, if you can hear that horrendous sound, we are filming right next to a radio. uh, a a, a refrigerator. Mm, mm. So you can probably hear that on the microphone. (laughs) That is. Fridge-tastic. It's okay. Wait. Which makes this... Wait. James, it makes this chilling. You did it. I was going to say, if you pause, then you you can get rid of that noise afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) What are we recording, James? Sodasville! You damn fucking right we are. Mm -hmm. What did we do? We did the 1981, I believe, underrated classic, The Burning. You're saying underrated classic? Tony Maylam. James, I picked this film mm. mainly because I really wanted to watch young George Costanza again. <laughs> unaware of how little he's in the film. Unaware that Fisher Stevens was in this film. Famous for being the Indian that isn't Indian from Short Circuit <laughs> 1 and 2. And, like, I don't know, another thing that drew me into this was that you had recently re- rewatched some of the Friday the 13th, or watched for the first time some of the Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. and it's summer. It's summer, it's hot outside. It's summer, it's this hot. Is, this is how I used to spend my summer as a kid, watching Friday the 13th films. Watching other kids frolic down by yeah. the lake, thinking, why wouldn't a girl ever touch me? Exactly, right? Especially when they sneak up on them in the shower. Well, that's why they all get killed. Well. Spoilers. As, uh, speaking of spoilers, uh, I, on one of the documentaries on uh, one of the Friday the 13th DVDs, they talk about uh, like the people that get killed by Jason and they're like, they're always doing something bad. They're always smoking marijuana. They're always underage drinking. No. They're always having like sex before marriage. They're always doing all these things. They're eating a banana by the side of the road and it just cuts to a fat girl eating a banana and then fucking Jason comes up and stabs her. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> That's what you get for eating natural carbs. <laughs> but those kids are all doing naughty things. Those kids are all original but kids. Just like the kids in this movie, which are original. And I guess the most chilling thing, mm. the most, the thing that brings a shiver up my spine. Over a fridge. Not to the air. <laughs> not sitting this close to a fridge. It's that this film was written and produced by famed... Serial killer, by the time this comes out, and extreme abuser, Harvey Weinstein. No. Okay, good. By the time this comes out. (laughs) Oh, by the time this comes out, yeah. uh, Extreme abuser Harvey Weinstein wrote and produced this film, but he allegedly wrote this film before Friday the 13th. Now, Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein's a trustful man, so I believe wholeheartedly that he did touch it. I mean, write this before. That's true. I believe in Harvey (laughs) Depp. Uh, oh no, sorry, Weinstein. No, Weinstein. I, I, I do not believe. I mean, in to him. be fair, Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent was a bad guy, also. Yeah, but I still believed in him. But there was some good in him. Mm, half of him. Yeah, unlike whole of Harvey Weinstein. That whole two face. Who is was a monster apparently on the set of this because he fell out with the director. We found out about from Tom Savini himself because yeah. we viewed the 
Arrow, Arrow edition. releasing edition of The Burning, which uh, is beautiful and has a minor spoiler on the cover because you can see Cropsy's face if you look close enough. You can. It does look like he's just wearing a sack over his head, though. Which is very reminiscent, as is this whole film of Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> yeah, so supposedly this was written before... Or the the, first uh, the, one. the The concept came out before Friday the 13th, but I mean... I mean, to be fair, it's based on the Cropsy legend of old, which is a real legend from way before Friday the 13th. And I'm sure that might have even influenced Friday the 13th. I can't mm. speak... For Friday the Thirteenth, in fact, that was probably a dumb thing for me to say because it's probably not true. I well. mean, you can you can tell that it was slightly influenced by the by the Cropsy. Um, what this? His name because, was Cropsy because they, they refer to the killer <laughs> as Cropsy. <laughs> they straight up called him Cropsy, <laughs> time and time again, many times. Oh. Where do we? Should we start at the beginning? I guess. I, I mean, I so I hadn't heard anything of this film really beforehand. Yeah, nothing. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, I had seen it before because I own the oh. Vipco version. It's currently sitting on my pile of DVDs I need to take to a charity shop because I've re-bought them on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd seen this before, but fucking, like, when I was in college. And I remember watching it in college and thinking it was okay. And then re-watching it now and being like, man, I was, I was well in the mood for this. And mm. it had been enough time that I'd literally forgotten all of it except that George Cassandra was in it. No. So spoilers for later on. I didn't see that raft bit coming. <laughs> I didn't see that coming there at all. There are some beautiful moments in this film. Um, so this film opens, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So let's start there. Let's start at the beginning. This film opens in, uh, in, a, in a kid's summer camp. Mm-hmm. And you've got a, a group of, of teenage boys, or air quote teenage boys, <laughs> a group by of like 20 to 30 unidentified aged children <laughs> throughout this film. 40 year old kids. To the point where, when camp counselors are introduced, you can't tell the counselors and the kids apart. <laughs> Sometimes the kids look a few years older than the counselors. Yeah. And the count- some of the kids are a lot taller than some of the counselors. I did notice that the first one, the first camp that we see in the film is was Blackfoot. And one, the main kid, the one who leaves the, the head in Cropsy's thing, had a Blackfoot t-shirt on. Bla- sorry, Blackfoot. It's not, it's not in Germany. <laughs> uh, Blackfoot t-shirt on implying that he was one of the kids at the camp like the kids in the whichever this i can't remember the name of the camp in this one but they it was probably the same camp to be fair Mm -hmm. you could have separated them with t-shirts but um i i read no i read we we watched we watched the making of these stuff but i read online that there was no uh costume designer because of the low budget and the kids would just wear their own clothes which is probably why Jason Alexander's wearing the same two shirts again and again. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be why it's probably indistinguishable between the fucking counsellors and the kids. Yeah, yeah, because they really just turned confusing. up wearing whatever, like, fairly, like, decent clothes they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever they'd want to be seen in. Yeah. <laughs> or so, so someone would turn up wearing 96 on every shirt. On my extensive notes, I have well-shot opening. Yeah, it was. It was... This whole film, I felt, had a really good campy, hey, lovely, uh, a really good campy uh, like feel, like dramatic movements that mirrored up with like camera pans. Like that opening was perfect. It was like him shining torches in people's faces and mm. their like over the top campy acting, and I really like that shit. No, it worked really like, well. It and felt so nice. <laughs> this film works really well in low light. Some um, some kind of 80s films that you watch, 
70s, 80s films you watch that are shot kind of either day for night or at night time yeah. really suffer from that because they, they haven't done it well or it hasn't been treated well. Yeah, yeah. This film looks beautiful. And some of the day for night shots, I really struggled to tell. Um, they, they, they just, the, the grading it was lovely. I don't know if it's a time thing. I mean, because I said to you when we started watching this, holy fuck, this is made by the, the Weinsteins. This is like a proper film. Because mm. it was banned over here. It was one of the video nasties. Well, it starts with the MGM. Yeah, it starts with the MGM logo. And yeah. I was like, this is a the proper film. Yeah. Um, I mean, although, to be fair, uh, I, I mean, it wasn't banned, but Nightmare on Elm. No, no, no. Friday the 13th was Paramount. But mm. this felt more professional than Friday the 13th. Yeah. But it's not even that. It's like the Weinstein's first film. But mm. I guess it's not the director's first film. It's not like Bay of Blood or whatever that we watched. It mm. looks... Cr- I mean, it's obviously... A, they've redone it for like Blu-ray and shit. But um, and it looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember does. Friday the 13th looking a bit washed out. Yeah. I don't know if that's been fixed in Blu-rays. I haven't seen it on high def yet. But I remember the first one particularly looking a bit smeary. Mm. Um, yeah, well, it's all a bit grainy. It's yeah. It's all a bit grainy. And I imagine that's to do with either cheap stock or some... Or, or just how they were shooting or how it was treated. Yeah, but this looked great. It looked lovely. It looked lovely. It really yeah. did. So we start with um, these campers and there's a there's a lead camper there and he's saying, Yeah, we're gonna get that guy, we're gonna we're gonna spook him, and we're gonna scare the shit out of this guy. Uh-huh. And um, they kept emphasizing something about Billy. Billy, are you ready? Billy! Billy! Are you ready, Billy? Remind me what that's from. <laughs> that's uh, Black Christmas. Oh my god! Billy! How <laughs> <laughs> did I not get that? It's okay, we haven't done it in here. I guess um, they did do that because obviously he's the camp counsellor. No, said. he isn't. It's Todd. Todd is oh, the guy yeah, that we see later, but they kept like chatting shit Maybe to that's Billy. the fucking, that's the trick, the isn't training. it? Because the, then they mention Todd later on and it shows the sweet shot of him. At the very end, they speak to Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yes, and they, uh, they're they all plotting in this cabin. They, they creep out. These nice again, tracking shots. Not to jump ahead slightly, mm. but again, I did say to you at one point in the film, when Todd was telling the creepy story about Cropsy and all the kids watching him burn to death, I was like, that would be really disrespectful <laughs> if it turned out he was one of the counselors that set fire to Cropsy. And it turned out he was, <laughs> he was one of the t- counselors that set fire to fucking Cropsy. But he told it like a mystery story, not like he had murdered some guy. <laughs> <laughs> like if you had killed someone, not he was... never told anyone about it. Would you go around telling? Maybe so there that was, was once this that was kid him confessing to the crime, and everyone enjoyed the fucking story. He's like, oh uh, yeah, my friend once got his dick out. <laughs> no, no, we know it's you, Lee. Put it away. Uh, right, so speaking of getting my dick out, they slip into a man's room while he's asleep. They do. Um, and they, speaking uh, of they're, they're Weinstein. About, <laughs> they're talking about this elaborate hoax, and there's something in this box. So this guy lights a match and reaches into the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, and he disappears, and you're like, oh, what the fuck is it? They start banging on the windows, and they're all looking through the window, let's call him. Trying man. to wake up the, uh, the sleeping man. And who is the sleeping man? His name is... Whoa. As a ghost, it's fine. Is that a pipe I can hear banging? Yeah, that's the pipe. What's that? The, the neighbours just... Uh, it's probably didn't get picked up on the microphone, but the neighbours just scooted back in a chair and it was so loud. They just slid a chair <laughs> about five metres across the room. So oh my God, they have, a po- they have a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. The man was... I believe his full name is Arnold J. Cropsey. <laughs> no, like... No. His name... All we know is he's called Cropsey. Well... 
Who are his legs? Well, his legs were that of the famed... Because I forgot about this entirely, or I just didn't know. When we started watching and the name Tom Savini pops up in the credits, we're like, oh, well, you know you're in for a fucking treat when Mm -hmm. you've got Tom Savini on this motherfucker. working Lead makeup. Trivia. He turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to do this film. Is that why the effects were worse? He essentially turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to make Friday the 13th Part 2 <laughs> somewhere else. Even that, um, even that head is in... Okay, so the next section is they wake this bloke up and uh, he sees a skull with worms in it and, and, okay. and the eyes are lit. Just to preface, this only came out a month after Friday the 13th Part 2, so they would have been written, being made at the same time, yeah. but there are some weird similarities but in that, this. But that's like Jason's mum. I mean... They're both severed heads. I mean, I, this obviously isn't a real head. It's like some wax head that yeah, they've had, I but think, it has worms think, on I it. I think Billy's been sculpting it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy! Oh, so now you get it. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so and then he wakes up and he's, he's like, oh, fuck, what is this thing? He knocks it off the, yeah. uh, off the wall and it lands on his legs. Unfortunately for him, he's had more to drink than we ever have because he ignites... Instantly. Well, he drank it through his shins, so he was um, he was actually soaking his bed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in booze, just so that it'd seep into his pores. Unfortunately, he didn't foresee this flaming head. Although we do learn a few seconds later, when I've written slug explosion, that he it wasn't alcohol he was drinking because by the side of his bed is pure gasoline, a big old tub of gasoline, <laughs> which he jumps out of bed. And kicks over an open can of gasoline, which then ignites the room. He runs out in a flame ball. <laughs> the kids are all staring at him. He's like falling on the floor and rolling down the hill. He runs past that fucking smoky bear. It's just like, <laughs> only you can put out fire fires. But he's like the Indian. He's got like fucking tears rolling down his face. <laughs> he's rolling down the hill. He jumps into the lake. And the kids are like... Let's get the fuck out of here and not yeah, tell yeah. anyone that we just killed this camp, camp council. Now, someone must know because he ends up in hospital. Yeah. But also, um, I mean, bless this film. It's a low-budget film from 1981. But boy, do people being set on fire in the 80s not hold up well in HD because he's suddenly like 10 stone heavier. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's obviously covered in flame-retardant things. And uh, if you were on fire, would you fan the flames? No. No, I, you know, if you stand there still, you're probably going to do better than waving your arms around. Well, to be fair, if I was on fire, I wouldn't kick over gasoline. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't wave my legs around for five minutes waiting for it to spread. <laughs> Getting oxygen to the flames. <laughs> Quickly, I don't think there's enough under the leg. <laughs> so <sighs> he ends up in hospital. Then we yeah. get a doctor who, it must be like his first day on the there's job. There's like a doctor and a male nurse, it seems like. I, I just assume, I might be being racist here, mm. but I just assumed, is this guy like a dickhead janitor or something? Well, Why th- is he I getting think, so involved? I think he was a male nurse and he wanted to like show his, um, just show like, yeah, I know, Do I you know think my these two people were equals? Because he kept saying to him, man, if you want to be a doctor, you've got to come see this guy who's a real freak. Maybe they're both doctors. Yeah. He's real fucking Big Mac overdone. <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's an, yeah, he's a Big Mac overdone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And he comes in, he's like, look at this freak. Like, opens the top. <laughs> look, oh, oh, look at him. Come look at the freak. And he's like, uh, he's standing by the doorway and he goes to lean through. And this 
burnt up arm, like Mate, scarred and you, crispy. If you've ever been to a kebab shop, imagine one of those fucking elephant legs that are spinning around in slow motion, being slowly heated, and reaching drooling. out and grabbing you. No, imagine, <laughs> imagine one of those legs, but forced against a barbecue <laughs> for about ten minutes, so they're thick grooves and charred chunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds delicious. That yeah. is what he was. That man was fucked up. I don't, why have I written Harvey Wynn? I'm reading Kebab, kebab well, Arm and Harvey Wynn. It's because, Wynn. So, so we then see the burnt hand, and then it cuts to the opening uh, credits. Oh, yeah. So then we find about Harvey Wynn, who is not a winner, he's he's a raper. And then we find <laughs> out that Tom Savini's in it, and we're like, oh, shit, Tom Savini. Shit. And the score is done by... Rick Wakeman from mm. Yes. No. Who I... What? Yes. Oh, very fine. Thank you. Who I walked past once in Norwich, and if I had I known that he had done the burning, I would have been like, mate, I don't know what yes is, but I've heard of the burning. Mate, yes are fantastic. Go um, back and listen to all of them. We probably spoil ourselves, well, I, I was spoiled, by watching this at James's house, because James has a nice fucking sound bar by his window, and boy, did that score sound fucking great coming out of that shit. Oh, so it's like, beautiful. It's beautiful. Though we found out um, through watching one of the mini documentaries that because they had to do a load of reshoots, probably because um, the Weinsteins fell out with the director. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Weinsteins were like, we haven't forced enough girls to get naked in this. Oh, God. We haven't, we haven't personally coached these guys to act as rapey as possible. <laughs> um, yeah. To be fair... That is written down on my various notes quite I, I've written rapey about six times. <laughs> it's quite forced. It's, the, the, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a key, key part there, of the film. There's exploitation and there's exploiting people. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. He's a real monster. The real monster of this film mm-hmm. isn't the one walking around with shears, James. Isn't the one walking around with a mutilated penis face. <laughs> Wait, where were well, we? The music... Um, Speaking of mutilated penis face, we so got Harvey to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they had cut the budget um, because they had to do a load of reshoots. So they spoke to okay. uh, Yes. Rick Wakeman. From Yes. And said, um, you have no budget now. So all that money that was going to go into an orchestra and into a choir backing everything... We're now just going to give you a synthesizer, a couple of instrumentalists, and put you in a tiny studio in Long Island instead of New York. <laughs> but it fucking worked. It worked. Like, I love done. Do you know what we should watch here? Fucking any John Carpenter film. Yeah. Especially Christine. Well, what are you doing or, for right now? Do you know, James, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday after work, I had plans and I had to leave straight away, but I was going to head to HMV because in HMV right now, Five for thirty on Arrow DVDs, and I'm like, I'm finally gonna rebuy the thing because it's in the five for thirty, and I can do that. (laughs) But Jesus Christ, that will sound fucking amazing on your thing. Let's definitely do that. Your thing. Mm, My thing sounds. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, he did a fucking good job with that score. It is amazing. So it's not as iconic as the obvious. (laughs) No, like nothing. Or Halloween. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not iconic by any means, but it fucking is beautiful and suits the film. It, perfectly. it, it carries the film well, and it suits the era. Uh huh. Um, and he like he has he has the the little kind of um, melody that they bring in at different points and and in different styles and sometimes uh-huh. muted and sometimes with like screeching synths, but it's slightly <laughs> underneath. Yeah, yeah. So th- he makes it in nicely. Then that's the credits. 
Yeah, yeah. That's the opening credit. Mate, this so is much fir- shit I think this might be the first time we've reviewed opening credits. I know, right? <laughs> and yeah. it was mainly just reading people's names that we liked <laughs> and people's names that we were like, ooh. He's a monster. Ooh. So then we get the scene as they're walking the, the uh, they're walking Cropsy out and he's uh, he's sat in a wheelchair and you can't see his face but you can see his burnt yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get all these voiceovers. It's been like four, it's like four years later, right? Yeah, and all these voiceovers are coming in, being like, "Oh, the skin grass didn't take." Oh, you because just, you, you put just... too many on. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much skin on him. There's too much skin. He it's came just... out with more skin. <laughs> it's dragging him down. His ass must be bare. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, and they're saying like, "Oh, the skin grass didn't take." They're saying. Um, Oh, you just have to forget about those kids. They were just dumb kids. They didn't know what they were doing, and lots of things like that. Yeah, yeah. And certainly don't go and kill a prostitute straight away. Do not, whatever (laughs) you do, do not put on a hat, a trench coat, and sneak into a dimly lit corridor. Like your motherfucking dark man. (laughs) So, what's the next scene? The next scene is uh, he puts on a coat, (laughs) a trench coat, and a hat, and hires a prostitute because the hat hides his penis face so well that she does not notice until he turns the light out in her place. His hat is the foreskin to his circumcised head. And then, that is true, and then for the next scene where she's like, oh my god, oh my god, stay away from me, you monster. Uh, I read in the trivia section that um, in order to get that reaction from her, they just put Harvey Weinstein in the room (laughs) and had him slowly walk towards her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh you monster uh, uh, and he picks up her conveniently placed sewing scissors James but she sees him because there's a flash of lightning from outside and mm-hmm. the light the lighting in the room is really nice yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the lightning effect is great and you just see this quick flash of him but yeah on the desk she's got all of her like sewing reels yeah, yeah. and then picks up from her side hobby sewing scissors. Her, si- her Etsy <laughs> Etsy thing of being a, a uh, sex worker yeah she, she also um, designs uh, crotchless panties <laughs> for the working ladies yeah, yeah yeah he grabs these scissors and where does he he thrusts them into her abdomen yeah it's beautiful and it looks so nice that one looked fucking great I mean they all look great it straight up steals a kill from Friday the 13th but improves on it I believe but we'll get to that later on mm-hmm. uh, but yeah he stabs her so hard mm. he stabs her through a window yeah. I believe he stabs her and then throws her into a window <laughs> or like shoves her through why yeah. is that kill in there that might, uh, do you reckon that was one of the reshoots well they're like there we is, need there something is few to show kills. him well, why does he go after the prostitute though I think it's his first kill it is his first kill but why maybe he was like I'm going to find someone who doesn't have like prospects or a family and just get used to killing people before I go and kill all these innocent kids maybe but it does <laughs> pose the question he was so badly burned does he have a dick mm. well in Deadpool did you think he went there to does kill does Deadpool have a dick but Deadpool isn't burnt Deadpool is horrendously burnt Deadpool is not burnt, James. Oh, no, he was he was tortured and exploded from inside out and then survived burning because he can't be burnt. He was never burnt. He, has, he was stood in a burning he has building. cancer. Yeah. His skin is cancer. That's yes. why he looks And hilarious. in the movie, he was the building burnt down around him. No, he was already... But he wasn't burnt. In the movie, his skin turns out that when he's left yeah. in that weird chamber thing. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Choky thing. The yeah. choky. The choker. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah. It, yeah, this. Does he have I a dick? Mean, does he have a dick? Maybe that's why he's killing people. Penis envy. Can't fuck him. Penis envy. Makes sense. 
He's become the dick. Oh my god, he's a massive dick. <laughs> Who? And then he becomes the fire at the end when he whips out a flamethrower out of nowhere. He must have found it in that cave. Speaking of which, flamethrower. Have you seen Elon Musk's flamethrower? No, Elon Musk so made a flamethrower. This man needs to be... He's going to become a supervillain. Yeah, so earlier this year, you know he's got the Boring Company. The Boring Company? Boring, as in like, man, that's not interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He like the boring company create these insanely cool things. How I and it, he yeah and he created this amazing looking flamethrower and charged like five hundred dollars for it. <laughs> but like this thing looks like it belongs in Mass Effect or in, in like Alien or something like that. Yeah, 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 it looks beautiful. I will check it out and sold it to the public because everyone needs a flamethrower for all those gardening needs you need to protect your house and <laughs> yeah. hope that you don't drink as much as Cropsy does <laughs> and hope that you don't light your door down while burning the visitor you take out your entire house and the fucking burglar's like well I'm still standing <laughs> uh, right so now we drop baseball he scissors with her then we go to some baseball James yeah we've got some tig old biddies running around we meet George Costanza with hair yeah we meet a second rate Kevin Bacon mhm um, Tom, yeah, that's Tom. Todd. Todd. I thought it was Tom. His name is Todd. You're right. And then we see the two guys who I think were George Costanza. George Costanza. Costanza. Jason Alexander the... is the one wearing the '96 shirt, which so... James said during filming, during watching of a thing. But for the other person, when they're upside down, it will say '69. <laughs> Which is one of the dumbest things you've it, ever seen. It, it, it does not say that. They would have to be uh, back to front now. <laughs> I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he was there with Glazer, I think. They were both um, behind the pit stop checking uh-huh. out this girl's ass. And then the ball goes flying off yeah. into the distance. And um, someone goes hunting. Tiger, tiger, or tiger. Can I just point out? Can I just point out? Please. And this relates back to Friday the 13th. As we know, these are horror films. As we know, these are exploitation films, James. As we know, there is nudity involving the girls. We. Oui. Am I right in thinking all these girls would be underage, technically? So, this camp... It's Friday the 13th as well. So, in, this, in these camps, the counsellors are supposed to be, like, 18 years old. Okay. And the kids are supposed to be, like... There's some really Because Jason Alexander, I think he's actually talking to Woodstock, who's Fisher Stevens. Because... Yeah. You don't know that him and Glazer are friends, really, until a bit later on. But I think they're supposed to be the kids. But yeah. Todd is definitely a camp counsellor. But they all look the same age. Yeah, but the kids like that would be at their camp should be between the age of like 10 to 12 up to 16. Uh-huh. And then, or 16 to 17. And then they can have like a year break and then come back to the camp as a counsellor. Yeah. So these kids that are running around, like, getting naked and fucking, should probably be, like, if they're the older ones, 16. Wait, Glazer fucks. Glazer fucks. Yeah. And he's definitely one of the kids. Yeah. And he fucks a, a girl that's definitely one of the kids. Do you see her naked, though, now that I think about it? Yeah. But no, you don't, because she's always under the covers. What about, um, the... The one in the, the shower, the guy, What about right the guy the that start? got pretty rapey in the, in the, in the lake? She's the one that was in the shower that the um, kid spied on, right? Mm. I feel like and she's a camp she counsellor. I feel like the one that Glazer glazed 
like a donut, was actually a camp counselor as well. So she was banging a kid. So I feel like when she got killed by Cropsy, that she was because that. she was a rapist. <laughs> yeah, that was statutory rape. That is statutory rape, mm. um, as taught by who made this film? <laughs> uh, Harvey Weiner. Uh, I'm sure we will stop picking on Mr. Uh, Harvey Weinstein when he's in jail. It's uh, definitely uh, innocent. Oh, wait. Wait, no, did I write master. Cosby loads on here or Cropsy? My handwriting <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> did you write Hansy? Alfred is the name of the kid watching him in the shower. Yes, yeah, so um, that happens now. Alfred um, sneaks into this girl in the shower. You, you get a nice little yeah. track track out. I was like, down. why are we seeing this like this headshot of this girl in the herself shower? up in an outdoor shower. And then it tracks down to 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 a to full titty shot. Yeah. Because it's a, a lovely B movie. It is. And they embrace that side. It is obscene, James. Mm-hmm. It's definitely obscene, especially when you paused it for a while. Mm. And then rewound it and then played it back in slow motion. Yeah. And then took out my uh, easel what and painted it? the scene. Yeah. What was it you were saying about you hope Lexi's mum doesn't listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> you beautiful man. <laughs> Yeah, so he's spying on her to scare her. Mm. Now, uh, no, mean, he's not spying on her to scare her. I think he wanted to see some titties, but then okay. he claimed he was jumping out. My one of my issues in this film and most horror films is her instant reaction to hearing a creaking noise is to be utterly terrified. Mm. And later on, Woodstock does it when he's alone in the thing, and it's like, but you're not aware at this point that there's someone stalking you and killing you all. So why are you all acting like so that? So if you were alone in a camp. I would assume if I was alone in a camp, I would assume that it was one of the... They're not alone, because there's all those girls in that room next door to the shower. I just not assume that. it was one of them. So later on, if you're in a dark cabin, right, uh-huh. and a shadowy figure menacingly walks intently, intently and slowly forward, you're going to panic a little bit? I, I feel like I would. James, why the fuck, right, when you were a I'm camp counsellor... I'm about to die from vitamin When you e. were a camp counsellor, why did you never don a mask and just freak the fuck people out by stand, walking around in rooms and shit? I did shave... I grew out my beard and I shaved everything off after, like, three or four... Uh, after, like, four, four... No, six weeks. It was, like, two months, shaved everything off. Yeah. And then there were kids that were there and they freaked the fuck out. Really? Yeah, they had no idea who I was. One of them saw me scream and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Lexi walked right past me, she didn't recognise me. One of the new kids that had come <laughs> one of the new kids that, that, that had come looked at me and thought that asked if I was one of the older kids and started throwing a football around with me. <laughs> was this pre no offence. Was this pre Yeah, yeah. No, I, I no had offense. some hair. I had some hair. <laughs> no no effects. I had some hair. On so, my head. But you shaved it all off. Shaved the bottom bit off. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen you shave. From the waist down. That would probably confuse... <laughs> that was why they ran away screaming. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so this guy, he, he tries to get some... Uh, he tries to get some teas. They don't have the internet yeah. yet. She screams. Dudes come running. Grab him. Out of fucking nowhere. Like, they yeah. can hear that shit from miles away. Well, those counsellors were, like, comparing dicks in the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do in the yeah, woods. And yeah. then they run out and they're like, you're that's a fucking sex pervert. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. a sex pervert we were doing that for science <laughs> and then they're like they, they have a go and they say they're going to sort him out um, this is that's actually I think when we meet um, Todd the second rate maybe he Bacon. wasn't trying to spy on her because he never gets spoilers he doesn't get killed by Cropsy and you think normally in this sort of film when someone does a thing like spy on naked girls they normally get killed for it so this film was slightly different because it doesn't just attack people having sex. I mean, he does do that a lot. 
But he also just attacks plain innocent Hang people. On, only one lot of people have sex, right? Only two, two people have sex. Two lots. So there, there are the ones. There was the guy that was getting handsy. Actually, no, that girl evaded sex yes. and got killed. She yes, <laughs> she evaded sex and got killed, and but then later on, she evaded sex and uh, it killed her career. Because mm. the real monster. Because she could never work again. <laughs> oh, Lee James, it wasn't me. It was well documented. <laughs> so then we find out that Alfred is being picked on loads because yes. um, Todd tries to talk sense into him. Todd, who's and in, then not Todd Glazer, who's in his fifties. Well, then Alfred leaves that after Todd having got him. And Glazer just starts picking him. He's like, hey, you twerp. And he already knows. rip your freaking throat out. Even your own mama won't recognize you. He oh. already knows about what happened. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, why are you spying on my girl in the shower? Which apparently is a counsellor. Why is she banging that kid? I know he looks 50. Uh, Maybe he's been held back in class because of his clearly proper... But the weird thing about him, he's yeah. really horrible to Alfred. But it turns out that he's friends with the other two, really. Uh, they even shoot him in the arse in a bit with a BB gun. But And then the next scene isn't them beating each other up. It's He shares a room with them and they're all mates. And you're like, why is he so fucking horrible to that guy? I think they're all mates. So so they'll be like bunking together, right? And there'll yeah, be yeah, like yeah. 10 of them or something. But So they're all going to be stuck with each other. But they're probably going to like one of them. Because yeah. one of them is just thrown in there. And they just have to deal with that shit bag. But now they all go, um, they're, they're out on the deck and they're swimming and all the women are lounging further out. They all got to jump in. Wait but Alfred minute, can't on, swim. The girl that he sleeps with is not the one that was in the shower. Because the girl he sleeps with is a blonde girl and the one in the shower was definitely brunette. Was that not her wet hair? It doesn't go that colour when you wet it, does it? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know, really. I'm fairly certain that the one in the shower is the one that was killed in the woods after she turned down that other guy. Because he was a counsellor. Was yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not a counsellor. He's definitely not a counsellor because he's he goes on the boat, he goes on the raft. Yeah, I think they said one counsellor with them, but maybe not. But he he hangs out with Jason Alexander, if you remember, because he said he's going to ask out the girl, and Jason Alexander's like, nah, you won't do it. And he just walked up to her and was like, we doing later, you're coming to see me. And she's like, okay. And then he walked back to right at the start when they're playing baseball. Very forceful. And he's, yeah, exactly. And then she even, there's even a scene that just ends on a somber note where she's like, yeah, he's like, really like, scares me. Yeah, he keeps trying to force himself on me and they're like, oh, don't worry about it, he's a nice guy. Subtext. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Harvey Weinstein. Um, um, so, yeah, so then um, Glazer shoves Alfred in the water and they're like, what are you doing? He can't swim. And we're like, yeah, yeah. well then save him, dickhead. I can't write. Okay, so I noticed. Off. I noticed here George Alexander, bless him. Who bless him? I'm not. I'm not fat shaming. Uh, he, he's quite skinny in this, considering like what he is when he's George Costanza. I wouldn't even say he was fat when he was George Costanza, and when he's George Costanza, Costanza, he gets his shirt off a lot. Mm. Uh, in fact, there's a famous episode where he takes his shirt off uh, when he goes for a shit. Um, you have to show it to me. Later. Um, but he, I noticed when he went swimming, he didn't take his shirt off. And there's a bit later on when they go to the raft, and he's like, I'm going to go. And he starts taking his shirt off, and someone else is like, no, I'll go. And he's like, okay. And then starts, <laughs> he never takes his shirt off. And I was just like, oh, I wonder if... I'm not body shaming, but I'm wondering if back in 1981, George Alexander was like, I don't want to... Jason Alexander was like, I don't want to take my shirt off. Because he had Tiggle Biddies. Yeah. It could be. 
Could be. And it was a rare case. Or maybe it was a rare case of him, of someone saying they didn't want to take the shot off in a Harvey Weinstein film, and Harvey Weinstein not firing him for it. It could have been them asking him not to take his shirt off. It could have been. He said, I really want to take my shirt off. It's very hot. Yeah. And they said, no, you have to keep that shirt on. And he said, well, if you're going to keep my shirt on, I'm only going to wear 96s and it's going to fuck up all your continuity. And it's going to be a blue one or a white one. (laughs) Or a white one with blue sleeves. (laughs) And then one day he wore the 69 shirt. (laughs) And just threw everyone off. He just sat upside down. Yeah, so they push him in the water and then all of a sudden fucking... Uh, ben from Short Circuit has a gun. Uh, yeah, which can you imagine nowadays if a kid was sat in the middle of an American camp holding what looks like a very convincing black pistol mm-hmm. out aiming it at a kid over the over the water? This no. would not be allowed. It would not go down. You could not take that and pack that in a bag and walk around <laughs> with that openly and plot for like five minutes. Exactly, and take aim and talk about taking aim and fire. And they hit him clean in the cheek. Oh man, they cheeked him so good. <laughs> the cheek of it. And then afterwards, they're like chums. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I they, just realised you know how mad she gets with him after the sex scene. Do you reckon it's because it wasn't lubricated? Uh, Condoms could be. It must have been a yeah. callback to the earlier scene. Well, no, it could be because he didn't have any condoms because he didn't accept the lubricated ones. Oh yeah, he threw them back, <laughs> didn't he? Maybe he just grabs a leaf. The 1980s before the AIDS scare. That's why Todd gets all weird looking towards the end of the film because he gets cut by mm-hmm. a used needle. So then we have, there's a weird little scene where um, where the counselor's walking around Todd and he opens a, a shed door and a dove flies out of it and it's a little red herring. Yeah, what was that about? It's just a little jump scare, I think. It's yeah. a menacing thing. And he walks and there's nothing there. Yeah. That's just where they stored their dove. Uh, we've got the POV classic shot every so often. Mm. Um indicating that there is a cropsy. The kill uh, very clear, very near at the start, when, uh, I feel like the prostitute bit was added later, but very near at the start, in the baseball game, when, she go, when Tiger, who never gets mentioned again, mm. goes to find the baseball, she's being stalked by cropsy, and he, I'm pretty sure he pulls out weapons, yeah, he, and goes for her, but then she finds the ball and gets away. Yeah, he, pulled, he, he pulls out her shears, and then he's like, maybe I shouldn't kill her. Maybe, I, yeah, maybe I shouldn't kill her. She's found the ball. Yeah. She, she, she's met, like finished her objective. Uh-huh. I'm going to give her a pass. Yeah. If she hadn't found that ball, she hasn't deserved to live. That would have been a risky one, because everyone would have gone in there and been like... Because I was fully expecting later on when, when uh, Alfred is like, those guys are dead. I was fully expecting by the time they got there, unrealistically, the bodies would have been gone, but they didn't go with that, which was good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Man, it... Yeah, I, that prostitute scene, I'm pretty sure it was added just to get an extra kill in there right at the start, because otherwise we have to wait a while for a kill. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, what is And actually, because they could only use the mask a handful of times because it was degrading. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they added it later and then shot him in silhouette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Pieces, but Pieces came later, I believe. Pieces was beautiful. Pieces was a masterpiece. Yeah. Mm. It is. Um, so then we see uh, all the kids are chilling out in the in their bunk, and Alfred sees a face in the window, which I missed. Did you see the face? It was the melted proxy face for <laughs> was, a brief second. Was it terrifying? Yeah, it was like uh, it was basically like uh, pipes. <gasps> Dear God! But in a less window. pipey, less pipey, more mm. piping hot. 
And then uh, and then Todd pops in and tells everyone to go after the canteen. Yeah, yeah. They fuck around except um, Kip and Short Circuit, who forgets his vitamin E, his vitamin E. Oh, bless you him. believe in that shit? You believe in them vitamins? <laughs> they ain't gonna keep you alive. You just wanna drink beer and eat hot dogs. They make your fingers weak. Mm-hmm. They give you the, the arthritis. That is... We'll find out what happens to him later. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes off um, and he's hunting around in his, in his bunk. And, and that's this when we is see where we shadow. get another... We see the kill cam floating around outside. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, ooh, ooh he's going in. And you see this silhouetted figure, kind of like in the prostitute scene, which makes you think this could be him. It's a nice mirror, yeah. Mm. And he... Uh, Although, he you called through. it before I did, because I'm pretty sure you spotted his fucking blue shirt, sure, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, he's right, that is fucking Todd or whatever. Yeah, and he flashes the torch up on his Todd's face. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, what you doing here? You gave me the fright of my life, buddy. Why are you walking here? <laughs> uh, but at the same time, one of the main, like, like the head of the camp is saying, so we're going to do this big canoe trip, and I want a strong swimmer in every raft, and also always stay in, par- always stay in pairs of two wherever you go anywhere. And this kid has gone off with his own. We get freaked out by Todd. But it's fine. It's I fine. feel like hurt. this going out uh, on the boat thing was obviously to get them away from the camp to minimise the numbers so you can do more effective kills. But well, minimise the amount of young kids so yes. they don't have to show Because there are actually kids there. Yeah, because they it, show kids in the canteen scenes. In one of the Friday the 13th, there's little children in it and Jason like is in the room with them but never does anything. You never see him do anything. But I don't think... Like, where the fuck did they go upriver that they couldn't have just walked back? Well, I think they paddle for like a day. But still, is paddling like, that you, much quicker than walking? Really? Yeah. Also, if you're carrying a lot of stuff, um, but also, but it stuff. depends because that that would be like thick wooded area, and it could be swampy as well. Yeah. Um, but there's more than one like person. You'd all sit together. It would be great fucking training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that that's just a little niggle with the uh, possible no, with the. Um, uh, plot of this but yeah they all decide so they, that they're going to go on a yeah, canoeing trip and they're, they're all splashing around and someone sinks her off they sink one of the <laughs> yeah I don't know how they survived I wonder that if that one. was a mistake in the film <laughs> that would have been a bitch I, I did a I used to do whitewater rafting when I was younger and yeah. I, I did this one time I went and I realised I didn't have a spray deck with me to like stop the water getting in I thought fuck it it'll be fine so I go down and I go like over the first bunch of rapids and I get out the end of it, and I'm shoulder deep, but still in my kayak. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. So I had to like roll out of it and drag my like water sunk kayak over to the side. And trying to get that thing out of the water is pure hell on your own. Yeah, that must have been heavy, right? <laughs> yeah, and like creates a seal on the water. Yeah, if you can't turn lift down. it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> um, always, always wear a spray deck, kids. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they, they've all arrived at their, their island wherever they're camping mm-hmm. and they're sat around telling a, a, uh, a ghostly story. A this ghoulish. is Todd. And he's talking about the story of Cropsy. Basically, the, the opening scene. Yeah. And these kids that but, pulled, pulled but, a prank that went too far. But embellishing some aspects of the story. Cropsy yes. is dead and they never found him and mm-hmm. they tried to help him, which is all bullshit. It's a lie. Maybe to throw out red herrings that he wasn't one of the group. Mm-hmm. Although I reckon you could have got away with this whole film and him not being part of the group because it has little effect really on the plot, to be fair. Yeah. 
Except that he knows who he is, and that's why he's targeting everyone else. Uh, yeah, 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 it makes no sense. And then during that, there's a nice jump scare. Cause you see this hand appear over his shoulder, and then you cut away. And then there's a knife in the hand, uh-huh. and then it lures up, and you cut away. And I was just like, <laughs> when we cut back, what's he going to be holding next? Is it going to be like a fistful of balloons? <laughs> is it going to be like a, a giant machete or a chainsaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he jumps out and scares the crap out of all the kids, and everyone Which laughs. is the weird, another weird parallel between this and Friday the 13th Part 2. Because that, that exact that story happens, happens that. when they're talking about what happened in the first Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah. And a guy jumps out of a spear in that one. But And also, in this... The mask the guy's wearing looks a bit like Jason because the yeah. eyes are lopsided. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way they'd know what Jason looks like. But then I remembered Jason is in the first film right at the very end. Mm. So they would have known what he looked like. Yeah. And the parallel to that bit right at the very end is in the very end of this film where he jumps out and wraps his arm around the neck mm-hmm. and goes to pull him back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just... always get the coming back at the end trope. Mm-hmm. But, right, so... Where do we go from there, James? Because my, so my notes are varied, so but this on a very is, this small is where... piece of paper, and, and say Bob Weinstein quite a lot. That must be the scene when they go swimming. So this is where you had had a, quite a few Jack Daniels. And nearly fell And asleep. your mind started to drift. So we're but at James' you're right. house, and he was showing me, he's, got, he's been to Jack Daniels, he mm. met him. And went to the distillery, met You've got... Um, you got a lid of one of the barrels and made yourself a table out of it. I did. Like the hipster that you are. We. Oui. You've got, what was that gold stuff? Uh, Jet Daniel's gold label. It's beautifully smooth. And then what nice. did you supply me with? Uh, so I had that and then also a single barrel that I got from there. Yeah. Which is like 47%. Which, which you just burn. poured like half a glass and started chugging. It was burnt <laughs> as it went down. I told, I told you, it was going to be strong. You probably want to mix it. It was so good. It was like taking an actual single barrel to the mouth, and I believe that's a quote on the packet from Kurt Cobain. I may remove this later on. <laughs> um, um, I did see a thing on Reddit the other day of like a, a, a Google versus Bing result. Yeah. And it, was, it said the question, best way to commit suicide. And the Google result was like, um, you can seek help from here, here, and here, and here's a helpline number. Yeah. And then Bing was like, best way to commit suicide, number one, shotgun to the head, number two, shotgun in the mouth, number three, <laughs> hanging yourself with something like, Hanging yourself with uh, a shotgun. Shotgun to the chest. And like, it was like the literal most effective way to kill yourself. <laughs> like, oh well done, Bing. <laughs> I'm leaving so, all the effective... I'm just going to open with James's list of effective ways to kill yourself <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Please try not to. Don't be like the tiger in the dormitory of this movie. That hung itself. Yes. Which, who would leave a noose in a kid's cabin? I guess kids do dumb shit like that. Well, you take the noose... Again, it's 1981. You could get away with crazy shit in the 1980s that you can't get away with in camps nowadays. Like, a counsellor fucked a child in this film, (laughs) essentially. A minor. That's right. Yeah. So now we get the skinny dipping scene. Yes. With, uh, I have slime ball here. Yeah, this guy is like, I don't know how to describe him. He's kind of like... He's he's quite forceful, but in a charming way. So he's like, hey, yeah, let's go skinny dip. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try like anything. fix him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like he, he might be like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I could, maybe he'll be my dad. <laughs> you know, my dad was an asshole, but he also loved me. Yeah, yeah. physically. Love me. 
Yeah, he. What is he? He makes a. He he forces her into swimming naked with him, right? Yeah, yeah. And he says like, "Oh no, I promise, I'm not gonna try anything, baby. Hey, baby, hey." And he's like a bit greasy. Yeah. And then uh, they make out, and then she's like, "Ah, no, nah, I'm alright." And he's like, "Ha!" And then grabs her and like sticks her t- his tongue down her throat, and uh-huh. she's like, "Ah, no." And he's like, I mean, why the fuck do you even come out here, bitch? And then grabs her and like starts forcing her to make out with him. Yeah. And she's like, no, what the fuck are you doing? And walks out of there. Now, who wrote this? Um, I believe this bit was added later on because they were like, maybe the girl shouldn't keep letting this happen to them. And it was one of the reshoots, I believe. Um... It was not directed by Harvey <laughs> Wistine. Um, uh... Harvey Wistine. Uh then she goes back to land and her clothes have been taken and she's like, oh, come on, guys, come on. And yeah. it, we get oh, all those there's... weird zoom pans and all those fucking... So you get the killer watching them. But yeah, then, then when she goes to climb out, before she gets out there, you get these tracking shots following all the bits of clothes dotted around the woods, which is just weird. It shows us it. That, they, that the clothes have been scattered. It, it, yeah, it's showing us that she's got to but go and some they could have done that on. with the kill cam putting things in there. So you knew it was him, because then I she think comes out. Of timing, they couldn't do that. There's weird stuff for timing this, because after the sex bit, he gets up and he's like, "Yo, baby, I'm gonna go get you some heat. It's gonna be great." And then all of a sudden, his jeans are on, mm. like instantly. Right, he jumps into them. Yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> they were hung strung from a tree, and he just jumps and lands in them he, like fucking the wrong on trousers. He puts his jeans like the like uh, the fun starts a record. <laughs> he just hits the fucking tree, and the jeans go up. <laughs> You know, rip off trousers. He's got rip on dra- <laughs> rip off skin. Um, so yeah, so then she uh, goes hunting around and finds her underpants, which is good. Oh, but we have full frontal nudity here. Mm-hmm. You know, proper B movie style. They're doing it well. Proper. Um, I want to use the word exploitation because these people were exploited. I would, I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. And then uh, well, imagine yeah, it's, the it's, auditions. It's, it's, it's early in the, it's early in their career, so maybe not. Certainly in their career. Well, it's so before he had any... Uh, oh, he sounded like a bit of a pain in the ass on this film. He did. He but did. maybe he wasn't that... Maybe this film gave him a taste for... Maybe like, this was his origin story to how he became a monster. <sighs> Think about it. Mm-hmm. Think about it. He Think took ideas he, from he property. He wrote it. He wrote it. He, he wrote acted down them fantasies. out and then he lived them later. This is... His psychiatrist should watch this film. Yeah, one third of this movie was written by Harvey Weinstein, and it's every time we've said rapey in our notes. <laughs> Which is frequently. It's on every page of my notes. It's on um, every page of my notes. So she finds her, <laughs> of your notes, <laughs> she, she finds her underwear, puts them on, then like, and goes off and finds a blouse and puts that on, yeah. and then she finds a pair of shears shot through her throat. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, which they built a really cool rig of like chin down, like n- chin naked body down to waist, uh-huh. I think. Where you got a nice photo of Tom Savini checking that out. There you go. Um, and yeah, he stabbed through that neck. The effects in this are surprisingly good. They look beautiful, they really yeah. do. There's like, really, other than me, potentially the worst one is when his fingers get chopped off later on. That looked a bit... It looked bad when we watched it in behind the scenes, but I feel like but when it was, it was two cut, versions. it looked yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, so the effect worked well. Yeah, like, <laughs> particularly the the, sh- um, the scissors in the fucking uh, abdomen was pretty fucking mm. good. Like, that came out of nowhere. I yeah. think you were talking at the time and we were like, oh! We were like, oh, that's a quick kill. <laughs> like, right like, in the first five minutes. I to mean... See, to see a guy getting burnt to death, a, a ripped up, 
forearm and then a woman, a prostitute, stabbed to the abdomen like the first five minutes. That's, that's, that's a good There is a lot a of start. stuff where not much happens except for, I guess, character building and stuff. But we had that opening at the start, so like... We know what the fuck we're in for. There yeah. wasn't a bit. There wasn't a boring opening. No, it builds you up, and then yeah, you're waiting yeah. for it to rise up again. But I always I enjoyed the character like... development as well. Yeah. At no point did this film feel boring. I wonder if that's the uh, Halloween method, because Halloween starts with Michael as a kid killing his sister and shit, and then mm. you just get character development for like a good hour. And then the killing stuff. Yeah, but because it's already happened, when you see those things like the silhouette coming through, you believe that a, a kill could happen imminently. Yeah. It's not like something where you tease the whole way through and then have a series of slaughters later on. Where was the bit in this film where there was a shadow that was clearly added in post? There's someone being crept up on and then there was a shadow on them mm. for like a, like a couple seconds and mm. it cut to the alternate shot. I can't remember. Yeah, it was weird. Remember. Um, so where do we go from here? She's dead. So and she's dead, and then they wake up, and the other counselors wake up, and all the canoes have disappeared. This, and she's disappeared. This is so before they wake him up. It just cuts to him being woken up, right? If he's in a sleeping bag outside, and they wake him up, and like, where the fuck is she? Where the fuck is yeah. she? And then some kids are like, hey, hey, yeah, and they're like. Um, they're like, what did you do to her? Because we know you forced yourself on her. She was worried about you. It's like, hey, no, yeah, I may have pushed her a little bit. But yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a greasy guy. So you expect when you're with a, a prick hey, like me. Slimy yeah, yeah. yeah, like I slither across the floor like some fucking slug. <laughs> you want to gasoline me? <laughs> so then, um, yeah, so then they, they realize that all the ki- all the canoes had disappeared. Yeah. They say, oh, she must have paddled back to camp. There is some great writing in that scene. And just when like, they're like, hey, the, the boats are gone. What? The boats are gone? Yeah, the boats are gone. So wait, what about the boats? Are they, are they still here? But the boats are okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they find the flaw in their stupid logic there where they're like, She's obviously gone back to fucking town because we, because some idiot said to her, if you feel like being forced on, you can go back to town. Yeah. And, and he was like, yeah, but then why the hell would she take five of the fucking kayaks? kayaks? And he said, well, she may have gone off and the other kids might be hiding them as a joke. So yeah. Like, gather all the kids. And then they start... Gather uh, all the kids. It's crafting time. Oh, wait, then I have Glazers getting very rapey. So they go around and they start gathering. I got rapey in here twice and this and like six lines apart. <laughs> So they have, um, they're gathering loads of wood so they can build a pretty badass boat, or like a raft. Yeah. But at the same time, Glazer's going around with someone's name. Blonde girl. Blonde girl. Blonde girl, number one. And, she um, doesn't have a defining name like fucking Glazer. Yeah, because... I don't, even know, I don't even know what George Costanza's character was called. <laughs> not Glazer? Not Glazer. Didn't I even write it down? There's Alfred and Glazer. They're the important two. <laughs> Alfred and Glazer. Um, yeah. Oh, Woodstock, I remember him. Oh, Woodstock, yeah, well, that's short circuit. Yeah, that's short circuit. But yeah, so Glazer um, is forcing himself on this blonde girl. She's like, no, hey, quit it. And and she's like, maybe tonight. He's like, really, tonight? Yeah, you'll do it? You'll do it? It's like, she said, maybe, maybe. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking night. Like, oh, well, maybe, Jesus Christ. I feel like at this point. And then Alfred's staring are we? at them. Like 57 minutes in. I feel like at this point, we should probably mention, rape is not funny. Oh, no. But... There is some odd warning signs in this film written by Harvey Weinstein. The guys in it act like fucking pricks. Yeah. But to be fair, the women do be like, nah, fuck off with that shit. 
Yeah, Although, they're, they're, they're trying to put that shit down. They're saying, no, the guys never listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also rings some alarm bells. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they're <laughs> written it, that there way. There is some fucking warning signs in his very first film. Mm. Um, so yeah, he, they, yeah, that is setting up, like, I mean, there, there is going to be stuff, but everyone's collecting yeah. wood. And they build this big raft, yeah. and this is where we have probably, probably the greatest scene, if not the most gory scene of the film. Yeah, it's the best scene. Where, it came out of fucking, yeah. so I was expecting, the, they, these they, kids they, are they, they leave. They're, they're, they leave in a raft. And homemade they, paddles. Like, yeah, homemade paddles. They're paddling their way out, the six of them. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out to camp. They're going to tell people their canoes are gone. Uh, they need to be picked up. So they're paddling, and they see one of their canoes, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that must be our canoe. Um, now, like, I was expecting the probably, dead girl to be in there. Yeah, exactly. And and they were probably like, oh, yeah, maybe she's in there, or maybe like she's just left the kayak and she's gone for a swim or something. It's quite a while until you see Jason Voorhees take out a room of multiple people. Mm. I I don't want definitely doesn't Freddy vs Jason Jason goes to hell it happens like at least two people in one room but how many people there's like six people in that boat six people in the boat and and it's really building up the tension as this raft gets closer to the canoe yeah yeah and saying yeah just grab it it's like yeah you I'm say it's building up the there. tension but what I really liked about this um, was that everyone as they're going towards the boat they're all talking over each other oh, and being yeah. like oh I'm going to do this I'm going to do oh you're, you, oh, you're wrong yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all, there's like six conversations going on on this boat and you're like I was like, oh, that's actually really good. They're not doing, they're not doing like they're not terrified creepy music, no or yeah, they're not terrified for no reason. They think it's a good thing, and it's like really yeah. good at misdirecting from what's going to happen. Because I mean, I honestly believe they were going to find the the woman's dead the body dead girl, in there, yeah. which was going to fuck up out. their their like joy of finding the thing. But what do we find in that boat? Instead, we get a man in black launch up. <laughs> Into an upright stance. Do you reckon that would have tipped the canoe over in real life? I reckon so. <laughs> Except Greaseball was holding it. Oh, he, yeah. It <laughs> launches up, raises some shears above his head into yes. a beautiful poster frame. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then comes down, the first thing he does is slice through some some um, chubby boy's titty. Slices through a titty, then he brings it back up. And then he stabs another kid in the head. And then he, he brings him He up. knocks one of the women into the wall. Yeah, he knocks You don't even see what happens to her. You assume she dies. Yeah. And then he brings up his shears again. And some kid, uh, short circuit, thrusts his hand out yeah, in yeah, defense. Yeah. And his fingers get sheared off. <laughs> and then he gets... Does he get... He didn't get some. He must get slashed across slashed the, face. the face. You see that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the first guy, the greasy guy who gets knocked down, mm-hmm. he's now laying flat on his back and like comes to. And then what happens to him? Then he gets Kevin Bacon, but reversed. He gets full frontal Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's like this is the kill that's straight up stolen. That's why we're Kevin Baconing it. Straight up stolen from Friday the Thirteenth Part One, but it has it's done so much well, better. In one, they jab the arrow from underneath up and through the throat. But in one, I, I don't Whereas know if it's this, better it's quality coming down. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like, know if it's better quality like blue DVD and stuff, but no. you can tell in the Friday the Thirteenth he's got a different color neck. Yeah. Whereas in this, it, you can't tell the color. I mean, his neck looks a bit long, but it looks effective it, lo- it, it looks seamless yeah. it really does like they did a, Tom Savini did a great job yes. arguably a much better job than he did in Friday the 13th did he work kill. on the first one yeah he must have he done. was talking about working on it yeah he definitely did four he definitely worked on four he did one yeah okay 
Yeah. He said, because he didn't want to do two, because he was like, it's stupid, Jason wouldn't come back. And then he was like, and then I came back for four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did he direct four, do you say? Uh, potentially, but I might be wrong about that. Yeah, why not? We'll keep it in. Yeah. Um, no one's fat checking. No one right. cares. Uh, <laughs> they probably tuned out when we mentioned Harvey Weinstein the first time. <laughs> oh, not the 50th. <laughs> Um, so yes, and then he dries his shears down and punctures through his throat. Which is beautiful. Blood pouring out and he rips him out and he gags it's, off to death. The last he, kill you see is him swing at a girl who just falls down dead and her blood. head is split open. Oh yeah, you see, we see one girl get stabbed. You don't see her get stabbed in the chest, but you see blood splatter up her face. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like slashes across her forehead. Yeah, yeah. So you get this big gash like he's about to scalp her. You know that famous scene in Psycho, the shower scene, and you ne- the, it, like the senses went over that shit frame by frame. You never see the knife enter the body. Mm. It never happens. This was subtle like that, except you see the knife go in the body <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, it was a re- it was a really fun scene. He was though. fucking. He took out six people in less than one. ten seconds. That so, was full-on kill streak. He then unlocked the nuke, which he then dropped on the town. Yeah. <laughs> so we've killed now, is it... One hooker, eight people? one regular girl, and six people on a boat. Yeah, so we've got eight people, plus he was burned to death, but lived. But he lived. Yeah, so we've got eight people dead. That's a good kill count for like, mm-hmm. I don't know, halfway through this film or just over? Three quarters, maybe? Yeah. Then we cut back to uh, Glazer, who's down in the woods now with this girl. Uh, yeah, and my you... next note is he glazed her, so this must yeah. be the sex scene. Yeah, that's him glazed. So you track through um, the woods following like items of their clothing dropped around. As you hear her saying, no, wait, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for it. Oh, uh, no, please stop. Uh, mm, ah. You say that, and then but that he, is genuinely what happens. Those are, the, those are the words. And then he comes round and comes. Hey. Like that. He just, he drops it all. And he's, he's like, like, yo, baby, I'm sorry. Let me light you a fire. He's like, fuck, fuck, I fucked it up again. <laughs> I like, mean. I'll do it again, I'll be better. And she's like, eh, I'm not really warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's a bully. Because yeah. he just, he, he explodes far too early. Bless his little. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to make it a romantic thing, right? You can take me back. I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go get some matches. I'm gonna set you on fire. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> so he goes. He gets the matches and uh, wakes up Alfred, who's sleeping right next no, to an open flame. Before he goes, something happens to her. Croxy shows up, and we don't before? see what happens. Yes, he appears, and then nothing. Yeah. And then yeah, and then he wakes up Alfred uh, unintentionally. Takes the mat- matches and walks off. Then like, if you were gonna follow someone, Lee, uh-huh. without them knowing. How long would you leave it before you stood up out? Oh, instantaneous. Okay, good. So that, like, if you, so that we were both in shot at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So that you could hear me two steps behind, maybe. That close. That that makes sense because that's exactly what they did here. Yeah. So then he goes back and he's like, "Oh, hey, baby, you sleeping? You sleeping?" There's Alfred just like strolling behind him. Yeah. And then slowly pulls back the uh, sleeping bags. You see her face and there's right. no blood. Okay. And you're like, fuck, what are we going to see? Are we going to see okay. a ripped up throat or something? No, we reveal uh, a hand. Right, let's deconstruct this scene. A hand. No, we reveal shears. Shears, which thrust up out of the air, which is then held by Cropsey standing full height. Now, was he hiding inside that sleeping bag? I feel like... 
he was in plain sight being like, oh my god, I can't believe this dickhead hasn't noticed me. With just his hands under the sleeping bag, waiting. <laughs> so like, if he, like when he unveils the thing, and then it would have just panned across and cropped, he was like, hey, I'm clearly right here. <laughs> because there's no, he wasn't in the fucking sleeping bag. No. Then again, they were both in the sleeping bag. But you would have thought he were like, man, she. But, she's yeah, but then he was standing pounds. up. Unless, unless the, unless he reveals what? Why are there fucking shears in here? And then Cropsy picked them up. But no, because the no. Uh, the upper the shiruken. Thru- they thrust up straight away. So I think he must have been in the bag. He's holding the shear, and when it gets pulled up, he thrusts them into the throat, and then steps up with it. And he, this is a cool shot where he's got these shears sticking right through his throat and out the back, uh-huh. and he's holding the guy off the floor and he's walking him forward that's great and then jabs him into a tree and we saw on the behind the scenes how they did that and it was a, a rig that went around his neck but then still had shears. yeah they were tips. actual they were actual shears that had been welded so that they were bent so they could go around his neck and so they, they were still, still solid point. yeah so you could jam them into the tree and they were carrying um like a pharaoh uh, they were carrying him uh wasn't in glazer um, on two wooden planks, and he was holding himself up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's like fifty, so he's got that strength. He's got uh, he's got core strength. Yeah, he definitely has the upper body strength. This isn't the best uh, sleeping bag kill I've ever seen. That goes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember which. This is bad. I should remember the exact numbering of the Friday the Thirteenth, and I know you haven't got. Oh, there that's yet. what you're talking about. I thought we were going to talk about um, the Bigfoot movie. Oh my god, where he swings him around. the sleeping bag over their head. Nah, the Jason one's still the best, where <laughs> someone's in a fucking sleeping bag and he picks them up and just slams them into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which is only topped in Jason X when they set they set him into a, um, a CGI, like, uh, what is it, virtual reality world, and there's two... There's two girls that are like naked in front of him being like, hey, do you want to smoke some pot and have premarital sex? And they get in their sleeping bags and it just cuts to Jason. Then it cuts to the story like, like other people doing shit. Then it cuts back to Jason and he's got one of the sleeping bags with a girl in it and he's smashing it into the other one repeatedly. Because <laughs> Jason X in space is just a straight up comedy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so this scene is fucking weird. As in, like, the, oh, that's it. how does it work? Yeah, yeah, it makes like, no they sense. And they would have storyboarded that. Yeah, and then Alfred runs off, and he's like, he's telling the counsellor, Todd. Yeah, he runs to Todd he's and like, tells him. oh my God, Glazer's dead. And he's like, I told you, stop, Not again. Stop, stop playing a prank on me. He's like, no, Glazer's dead. He's like, look, I don't give a shit. Stop prank. Like, dude, one of the fucking counsellors is dead. This is the kid who's been bullied by, by him. One, of the, one about. of the kids has gone missing. Yeah. All the boats have vanished. You sent kids off on a raft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't heard anything from them. <laughs> I think these are just shit counsellors. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this is the bit where I thought there was going to be something unrealistic and they were going to go there and find the bodies gone and all the blood gone. But no, they go there and find fucking uh, Glazer with a big old hole in his neck. Mm-hmm. And that motherfucker is dead. Yeah. Was he... Oh, no, he pulled out the shears and slid down the yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they find him in a It's a shame that, I mean, it's cool that he had the shears as his weapon, but if he'd left them there and he just left him strung up in the tree, that would have been fucking awesome. I just feel feel like the shears were just, like, the first weapon he found were sewing scissors. Yeah. So I feel like he he was a caretaker. But he was a caretaker, though. Oh, okay, so the shears kind of make sense. Yeah. But then it would have been nice if he used (laughs) different 
caretaking tools, yeah, yeah. like shoveled someone's head off, like a hoe. Or, yeah, a side. imagine if he used the hoe on the sex Hose. worker. Yeah, oh, that would have been fantastic. No, she would have been... had to have a hoe laying around. Oh wait. <laughs> now where do we get up to so oh this is the fun bit okay is it the fun bit was the boat what are you talking yeah. about yeah is this when the boat comes no yeah no because so, so it crossed the so at this point, yeah so when they find um, they go and they find Glazer's body and um, and then they turn around and they're like what the fuck happened here and Cropsy comes in and kind of slashes Todd slightly Todd. Slightly. slightly grazes his eyebrow which knocks him out. Now I feel like there was something on that, some sort of some sort of eighties terrifying disease, because he clearly is wasting away after this. He's got dark eyes after this, and it's getting sweaty and it's weak. Yeah, his immune system is not responding. I'd also like to point out at this point. I mean, it's not this point. It's slightly afterwards. But Todd suddenly has an axe on him. Which would have come in handy when they were building that raft. <laughs> yeah, that and also when he went to check out a dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone saying that he's been murdered. Yeah. Todd's an arsehole. So, yeah, um, uh, Alfred runs away from Cropsy and Cropsy chases Alfred, right? Yes, and then we see a really, really fun bit. So all the, all the camp kids and counsellors are still around. And they see the raft floating down. They're like, ah, they're having a prank. All the they're kids are laying on the raft. They're like, yeah. They're pretending to be dead at the sunbathing or something. And um, and Sally, or I don't know who the fuck it is. Uh, brunette. Brunette counsellor. Yeah. Swims out. And she's like, I'm going to go check it out. You guys be quiet. Swims out. And she reaches up and she gets there and grabs a hand. And her whole arm just pulls off. Where was the bit where you said to me, do you reckon they had to fill some time here? <laughs> that was when they sent off the raft. The guys left on the raft and they paddled upstream and then they just sat on the shot of everyone cheering for about a, like a solid minute yeah, yeah, of people yeah. being like, good luck, yeah, have fun. It's just a wide shot. No movement and very little being said. Yeah, you're right. But she pulls this hand and the whole arm falls off the raft and she screams. And then... When did the guy get the his arm chopped off? body bobs out of the water, which has that been floating underneath the raft the whole time? I guess so. Just it, in time it, with the raft? And it's um, Short Circuit Racist, and he's, um, he's, he's now been slashed in the face. And I thought that was a dummy, but then we watched the, the thing afterwards, and no, that was actually him covered in makeup. Yeah. He did really good to stay still. Yeah. Looked so fucking glassed over, although one of his eyes was glassed over because they gave mm. him a slash. <sighs> Um, but yeah, they find all the fucking dead bodies, which like has a profound effect on all the other kids because when you see them later on, they're all like limping and shit. Yeah. And, like nothing happened to them. At this point, Todd well, comes back to and he's like all stream. bloody and sweaty, and he's just like, "Oh my god, get away from the fucking." I I imagine it'd be traumatic paddling upstream in a blood-ridden raft after what after throwing the bodies of your fellow comrades off of that raft. Yeah, they would have even neatly placed them in the sun for the decomposition <laughs> to kick in. But yeah, so then the kids... Uh, yeah, Todd arrives, covered in blood, being like, ah, oh, be careful, or something like, oh, he's trying to kill us, or whatever. And they're saying, like... I, he, then he goes, I'm going to go hunt this dick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And pulls out his axe. And everyone else um, gets in the raft and paddles upstream. So Todd has his axe, and he's looking for Alfred. Alfred? Yeah. Alfred... Is trying to find Batman and cave system. That's so true. He, yeah, so he runs into these ruins and he's hunting around. And and in this section, they said this final scene was supposed to take place in a cave, 
No, it did start in a cave. So they plotted out this this route in the cave, and they went back. When they went back, there'd been a cave in. Yeah, yeah. And there was like boulders everywhere. So like, okay, maybe we'll shoot this in the ship. <laughs> He's like, we were filming, we were setting this up yesterday, and <laughs> in the exact spot where there's now giant boulders, and they're like, we could have been killed. <laughs> yeah. So now they're in a shed, mm-hmm. and um, and this where where um, Alfred walks into a room. And Cropsy grabs him and shoves him up against the wall. And instead of just killing him... Yeah, he's the only one. Yeah, he, he grabbed Maybe it's because, like, oh, I guess he's the innocent one, isn't he? Is he, though? Because he one might have been on. spying on the titties earlier on. Yeah, good point. Well, he's the But he doesn't not one. kill him. He fucking, like, yeah. sticks his arm... He's, he, he's, yeah, he jabs his arm in with the... He, with, with the... with the shears, yeah, he stabs it either side. So he's definitely cut up his arm and yeah. he's holding, he's pinning him down in place, like, to play But he's, like, properly pinned to the wall, even though, like, only one of his arms is pinned to the wall. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it hurts. Yeah. Like, get pinched there, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, wave with this one, slap bitch. Then Todd to the rescue. Todd runs in, he looks around, he's like, that's an interesting minecart. <laughs> <laughs> the minecart gets shoved at him. He then, like... Double flips backwards through a wall. Uh-huh. He quick time events out of the way. Resident Evil 4 Yeah, style. he pressed X. <laughs> and then he looks up to see... The minecart is still there. No. That's he looks on. up from laying down from his... He's unconscious for hours, we assume. Um, oh, because he, he gets knocked through a wall, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then passes out and then wakes up and looks up to one of the best effects in this film. Really? A crash zoom in to a JPEG. Oh, sorry, yes. A cra- <laughs> this is Sally that's disappeared. The girl disappeared. They chose to edit her in later. Yes. They didn't have her, so they used the production still. Of her being killed, of her murder scene, which we never saw. Yeah. No, so we did see it because she took the axe to the neck. Yeah, but um, they just used a still of that and like superimposed it. So they crash zoomed into the still of her. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was looked- blatantly a still. But thank God they only used it once. Oh, wait, no, they cut back to it and lingered on that still shot. Do you reckon back in 1981, when you're watching this in the cinema, you can tell when a still is on screen? Yeah, it's jarring. Even if you're like, she's dead, she shouldn't be moving. Yeah, yeah. But I should be seeing grain. Exactly. The rest of it has moving grain. The grain is perfectly... It has grain on it, but it's still. (laughs) It's frozen in time. Uh, um, and that's when he also finds Cropsy has now reversed roles and is holding a flamethrower. Uh, but he's also gracefully pulled the minecart all the way back up. Yeah, for So it. he comes out and he looks around and it's still up there. So, yeah. You know, he thought, I'll, I'll, I'll re-rig this <laughs> trap in case I need to home alone up and anyone else again. Yeah, so then he's walking around with that badass flamethrower stalking halls yeah. and torching Do you reckon he areas. was going to burn him as... To I get him so. back. Yeah, yeah, because he's been slightly burned. But this was weird. He's like walking around flaming and like letting him know he's there and then he turns off the flame for a But while. as he was doing it, it was cutting back to that opening scene. For you to know. And then they're shining the And then the very end, they, they, face and they like, go around yeah, and say everyone's name and they turn to the last guy, Todd. And he's like, yeah, boy. That's me. Let's go burn this fuck. <laughs> Crispy cropsy. So, now I have circumcised dick for a head. Yeah. Because this is the first time we see Cropsy's uh, full head of flesh. Uh, and it is pure flesh. <sighs> There's no foreskin on that I head. mean, this, I mean, we know what burned victims looks like, unfortunately, because unfortunately some poor souls have Get survived back. horrendous uh, events. Indeed. Um, but that is not something you can really emulate 
with makeup because makeup is adding makeup to the face. And and Tom Savini was talking about this. He was saying, now we know that like he doesn't look like a proper Burns victim. If there were, if he was, we would have removed the lips. We would have removed the eyelids. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. It's like but- it's kind of like what they did in the very forgettable, and I'm even going to forget it even after I say this. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake where they use CGI on Jackie Earl Haley, or whatever his name is, his face, to remove chunks of his face. Mm. Um, because obviously Freddy doesn't look like a burn victim either. He just looks crispy. Yeah, it's just a bit patterned. Yeah. Um, but what, what can you do? It's 1981. Looks like it's he's still been cooked in a waffle awesome, line. still fucking awesome, to be fair. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And, and it looked sick with like bits of his face stretched out, bits of his gum removed, yeah, his yeah. teeth. It, it honestly looked great. And that's where you got those flashbacks. And then he lunges up, he turns up his flamethrower and he walks towards um, Todd to kill him. And Alfred picks up the shears and just stabs him once in the back and he drops down dead. Terminated. Like, I thought, oh, okay, I was expecting a bit more from this boss fight. So then you see, like, the the police have been called at this point. You see the kids limping out and the helicopter flies down. And who do we see in the helicopter? (laughs) Okay, so first of all, um, we know this is low budget. But as the helicopter's coming down, we have a shot from inside the helicopter. And I had to rewind afterwards just to be sure. But as the helicopter lands, uh, you see the cameraman sitting in the front seat. <laughs> and no one in the back. Yeah, because they clearly had one take of this helicopter landing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're landing. And as they're landing, you see these. Uh, you see Alfred and Todd walking out. You're like, ah, oh, no. it's, all, it's all ended nicely. No, they're not walking out. They're they, still inside they, the building. They go to. They're walking towards the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's where we get what I was saying, the Friday the 13th, um, the end of the Friday the 13th, where you get this arm of this fucked up thing reaching around the neck of Alfred and pulling him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To which Todd uh, then picks up the axe and axes him clean in the face. Uh, yeah, he axes, his, he axes his face a pure question. He axes his face off. Uh, and uh, like he coughs like, up a gallon of blood as he burrows this through his face his mouth just becomes a fountain of blood and he axes him so hard this question that the axe goes through his head and pins him to a piece of wood mm-hmm. and then it's flame on Johnny Storm time because well, then, for no reason Alfred Alfred's like well I'm going to pitch the in but gingerly <laughs> ignites his ankle so, like, it very slowly creeps up his leg. And Cropsy's like, man, I should have stopped my drinking problem because I'm still soaked in alcohol. <laughs> He's like, man, if only my brain wasn't caved in, I could <laughs> understand the irony of all of this. But Don't you, bring a flamethrower to an axe fight. <laughs> you then have some really nice shots of him being the body, which I assume is a dummy at that point, being entirely engulfed in flames. I don't know how they didn't burn that shed down, they even with like flame retardant shit. Like they had some great shots of that of that corpse and flame. Yeah. But yeah. there's shears sticking out the back and act burrowed through the face. And you're like, there's definitely not gonna be a sequel here. It's like Tom Savini wanted to make sure <laughs> they weren't gonna make a fucking well, sequel yeah, on this one. You get to certain points in Friday the thirteenth and you're like, they it can't come back. <laughs> and, and he then does. he comes back <laughs> I, this is unrelated but it just popped in my head and I just need clarification I seem to remember in Friday the 13th part 2 you never see Jason's face and they kill him and you don't see his face 
and then he smashes through the window at the end as the jump scare and then you see his face yeah which is an awesome reveal because he wears a bag the whole way the bag on his head and And that one eye hole where they have the um the like they're black panthers black panthers yeah what well there's like the 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 like the black the black uh group that are going around and attacking the guys what is that not a thing I don't remember Black... I don't, can't even think of a black person in Friday the 13th Part from an 8, the one who boxes him. There's like a group of black people that are going around and um, and they go in to like terrorise this camp. That definitely doesn't happen in 2. 3 is the one I've seen the least, so potentially that's in 3, but I don't think so. 4's mm. got that sweet bit where Crispin Glover, a.k.a. George McFly, takes a fucking machete to the face. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where that's where he gets the machete, isn't? Uh, that's where he gets the mask. Mask is in three. In three, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is just from some fucking guy who's got some the shit. Kid wearing a mask, yeah. Yeah. Great. And then you see that, that iconic mask. And then they they do the weird thing in Friday the Thirteenth where. Uh, like in the first film there's a lot of POVs and then it's like then it gets revealed that it's Pamela Voorhees is the killer and the reason it was POVs is so you don't know who the killer was and then in Friday the 13th there's a lot of POVs in part 2 it's a lot of POVs and then it gets revealed it's a guy with a bang on his head so you're like why was it in POVs it's a guy with a bang on his head and then in 3 I swear after he puts on the hockey mask it's just straight up he kills someone with a harpoon gun and then you just see him fucking standing there. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now we just see Jason. <laughs> there isn't first person shots anymore. Kill, you just see him. That's such a good kill. Was that in the eye? Gun. Yeah. He crushes a guy's head at one point and his eye comes out. Oh. Man, the third one's a classic. It's a beaut. It really is. I don't remember there being Black Panther people. Mm, I had to look back through it, but I'm sure there's like there's like a guy who's got like a big chain. There's like one girl and two guys or something yeah, and they're in a shed the and they get attacked. No, but that's fantastic. Come out to play, yay. In Warriors! And that's this movie. Yeah, that is this movie, James. Yeah. It ends uh, a flaming, flaming wreck. Just like the career of a monster-themed Hollywood producer who will go unnamed. Oh, please, yeah. We wouldn't want to... We were not shame. We were not besmirching. We were not shame. Uh, a genuine monster. Genuine monster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of this film, James? I thoroughly enjoyed this film, Lee. I enjoyed this film. Uh, it didn't help with the. Uh, it didn't help with the single barrel and double barrel combination, because I felt tired for it, and I think I may have fallen asleep. Um, I didn't. I, I think I, I felt really tired. But this is a film that I now own on Blu-ray, released by Arrow. Highly recommend it. Uh, and I will watch again. Not the best film ever made. Not the worst film ever made. This is a film I will watch again. This is a film that I'm definitely I'll happily sit this down again. and show other people. I'm definitely going to watch this again. Um, but if I was to score it out of five, I'd give it a three. Because it's not a four. It's not a two. And three is kind of not fair on it. But it's, it's average. But I believe wholeheartedly... All the Friday the 13th films are fucking average, but if you're going to watch them, you might as well watch all of them in one go. How would you rate this against Friday the 13th? I mean, Friday the 13th... Oh, it's weird. Friday the 13th is the superior just because... And when I say Friday the 13th, I'm thinking in general. <laughs> How would you rate this against Friday the 13th Part 1? Part 1? Oh man, even still, I'd give Friday the 13th Part 1 a 4. Friday the 13th Part 1 is fucking iconic. Whereas this... 
this is a good slasher fun this is a good fun slasher film was Friday the 13th part 1 is a good horror movie this is one year late I think like if this had come out it, to be fair Friday if 13th. this had come first yeah but then again Friday the 13th part a lot of this is set in the day whereas Friday the 13th 1 and it might be nostalgia goggles here but it's got a really nice like there's a lot of thunderstorms a lot of people running around in the dark and a lot mm. of like mystery and the kills are spread out and better and it's a it's fucking great uh, and this not saying this isn't great this is good but it's nowhere near as good as Friday the 13th part 1 it's just as good as Friday the 13th part 2 but again I'd rather watch Friday the 13th part 2 than I would watch this again not saying that I would not watch this again I will watch this again many times it's great but it's almost as good as Friday the 13th it's better than the Friday the 13th remake it's better than the one where Jason's in space it's better than one when Jason goes to hell. It's better than one when Jason takes Manhattan. It's when better than one when Jason fights. Freddy? <laughs> no. It's better than the one when Jason fights a person with telekinetic telekinetic abilities. Can't um, wait to meet that one. And that is part seven, I believe. Sweet. I mean, it's got better kills in it. Uh, unfortunately, the Friday the Thirteenth films are still hacked to pieces by the censors. Mm. Even the current versions of I've seen the work print versions of stuff that's fucking amazing, and I wish they'd put it back in. This has some good kills in it, but it's not... This is just a fun slashy, slashy, slash, slash. Whereas Friday the 13th Part 1 is a good horror film. So, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah? Um, unexpectedly. Like, I, I had no idea what I was stepping into. I hadn't watched any trailers. You had told good. me The Burning. You had told me, you're watching Friday the 13th. You'll like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I thought, all right. All right. I'll give him my time of day. It's I, definitely I really, better some of the shit we've watched. I, yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was shot very nicely. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it was cut well. The score was great. Uh-huh. Um, the acting, for the most part, was, was good. Yes, and there Jason was Alexander in it. Great characters in there. Uh-huh. Um, and strong character development as well, which is, for a movie that's like focusing around tits a lot, is, is important. But yeah, the score's great. The effects were fantastic. Definitely. I really, I would say that the effects, even though all the special effects in Friday the Thirteenth uh, were, were were great, and they came out first and they're iconic. I feel like these were better. They were they were more, yeah, real, more well defined. rounded. Um, Tom Savini. Yeah. I give this a four. I give this a four. I mean, that gives it a seven. It's not bad. It's not bad. The thing is, though, what would you rather watch again? What would you rather watch again and show to people again? This or pieces? <laughs> Because I can't I'm remember, what, I can't remember what we gave pieces, but it's weird because I, I don't I, know which I would, one I'd rather watch. I would want to show someone this as a good film. I'd want to show someone pieces as a fucking crazy movie <laughs> that I really thoroughly enjoyed yeah, with yeah. like a mental score and a, and a crazy killer on the loose. It's got more violence in pieces and crazier kills I guess but yeah I don't know maybe maybe it's the kills weren't spread out enough in this and this is what we watch these films for is the kills mm. and stuff you do get some good stuff but yeah I mean I'm happy to stay I'll stick with a 3 ok All right. 7 out of 10 ain't bad that's still good definitely yeah Um. so what are we watching next well that's your choice I James. know right I feel like you haven't thought about this I feel like I thought about this briefly Um. I'm going to go for it how go. about we watch Toolbox Murders? The original one, I assume. The original one. Which, I believe, I have both of your copies of still. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do it. The original Toolbox Murders. Mm-hmm. Man, that's some gritty 70s slasher. Yep. Oh, let's do that. Let's hope it's better than that 
um, other John Carpenter one that we saw. No, not John Carpenter. What was the um, what was the one that I made you watch for the alligator or the crocodile? Oh, Toe Hooper's fucking yeah, eating alive. Eating alive. Yeah, that was just that was a slog to get that through was that a slog. I remember Toolbox Murder being better than that, but I haven't seen it since uni. Man, so. I'm up for Toolbox Murder. It's like based on true shit, right? Probably one of those things like like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on, on a true event. Yeah. Someone was killed in that area once, roughly. Let's do it. Let's on do the, it. On the next. Say this, Phil. What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again. And again. And again. <laughs> Burning 